0: and welcome to the Moonshine Jesus Show brought to you by ProgressiveChristianity.org, a wonderful organization for finding all of your wonderful Progressive Christianity resources that you might need. Hope you'll follow them on social media and you'll follow the Moonshine Jesus Show on social media or get it wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, It is great to be back with you all. We took a couple of weeks off for the summer and I really missed being here. How about Absolutely. you, Mark? Did you, did,
1: oh, did I you missed it, it a lot. I Two weeks, man, it felt like a month. And I, I, I know. was Anticipating us getting back to this ever since.
0: Oh, me too. I am glad to be here with you today, Mark, as Absolutely. always. Today we're going to be talking about DC's new movie, The Flash. Yes. It's been out for a couple of weeks. That's the good yep. thing about waiting a little bit, is that you all have had a chance to watch it, which Absolutely. is good because... We're going to spoil it for you if you <laughs> Better haven't it. seen it. It's a spoiler full zone. So Absolutely. if you want to go see it and uh you haven't yet, just know that if you listen to this episode you're going to know a little
1: bit about what <laughs> happens.
0: And we are going to start off today with some drinks. Do you have a fun drink ready today, I, Mark?
1: I do. I have a drink called the Flash. Mm-hmm. And this actually comes from Giada, the Food Network Star. Uh, so oh, it's yes. called The Flash. It's an ounce of whiskey, an ounce of Amaro. Of course, it's got an Italian liqueur in it with oh, a D. Right, right. Uh, An ounce of lemon juice, uh, some simple syrup, uh, uh, egg white, all uh, mixed together in a shaker. And then I've garnished it with a little orange flash lightning Ooh, symbol there. So, oh, absolutely. So, really good. So how about you? What are you going with?
0: Well, okay, I like that yours is kind of yellow because mine is red. I thought nice. I went I want a drink that's red for the flash, right? Fair, right. I thought I'm going I'm going to get something uh that has wind or gust in it because of how fast he goes. So I'm drinking oh, a bay breeze, cranberry juice, pineapple juice, and vodka. So we've got Looks the lovely. red and the yellow. Uh, yep, yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: Cheers to you, Mark.
1: Cheers. Oh, that is. No, Giada knows what she's doing. That's
0: good. Of course she does. (laughs) Always. (laughs) All right. Hey, let's take a couple more sips and let's come back and geek out about the Flash.
1: Yeah. Yeah. welcome back to the moonshine jesus show you're joining us for our geek out section of the show where we geek out about the show now just know we won't spend too much time geeking out although we could probably spend hours doing it we're going to leave plenty of time for some theological political kind of perspectives that we get from the movie but first we do want to geek out a little bit about the show but before we can get there caleb i feel like it's i I, i'm certain it's important. That we talk about the elephant in the room here, and that is this movie stars a person who has had a lot of issues over the last many years, uh, in, including the possibility of grooming uh, young kids, uh, of violence, of breaking and entering. Um, and so, I'm curious what what was your when you were thinking about the background of the main star which they knew, the, the the film company knew that that might be an issue and how we're going to deal with it. Matter of fact, they pulled him off of all press outlets. He was not doing any press for this movie at all. Um, yeah. What was your thoughts entering in on how you were going to grapple with that and think about that and deal with it?
0: Yeah, so... I, first of all, I think DC was smart in pulling uh, Ezra Miller oh, really? off of, of that and really focusing on Michael Keaton as Batman. I mean, this almost right. could have been called Batman uh,
1: instead of yeah.
0: instead of the Flash. I, I think they really... There's some people
1: who were saying it should have been called Batman the Flash the flash point or whatever
0: <laughs> something like that yeah they, I, and they really marketed it that way and i thought that was a smart move look this always this is one of those questions can you separate the art from the artist and i i think uh to some degree we need to try to do that i've always thought though i actually kind of thought they shouldn't release it for that reason uh i i actually kind of always had problems with ezra miller playing the flash i i would have loved to have seen grant gustin from the arrowverse Mm. play the flash I i thought he did a fantastic job uh i think they could have uh
1: now he and didn't even they show not, up in this movie. That really he didn't surprised didn't show
0: up, which was surprising. Even though Ezra that,
1: Miller showed up on the TV show. Okay.
0: I mean, they could have even shown that exact same clip, but they right. didn't. Uh, and uh, so I thought, I think it actually would have been, since we're dealing with multiverse and all of yeah. that, I think it would have been fairly easy to s- justify a switch of the star other than they had already filmed a lot of it. But I think there was enough evidence that they probably should have recast uh, this character before they ever filmed the show. Uh, yeah. But, but st- still, I I, uh, I I appreciated it even so. How how did you feel about the handling of it?
1: Uh, I am a kind of a person. Well, I I agree that there's a degree of needing to uh, separate the person from the art, because uh, a lot of my heroes have parts of their background that really isn't isn't admirable at all, uh, but they've done so many other admirable things. That that I, I chooses to still care about what their thoughts and how they approach things. Um, it gets more confusing for me when money gets involved. Like I don't want to see him ever think that them ever thinking that their actions um, were okay. Yeah. Um, that that. I can do whatever i want because look the movie was still successful and everything should be fine so in a lot of ways i was sort of glad that this movie technically tanked 52 million dollars when they were expecting at least 85 million or hoping for maybe 110 million i was kind of glad to see that happen and at the same time uh, to separate the person from the art man he was good in this role like i'm with you i didn't like him in the other like when he showed up, he he was an annoying character. I didn't really buy him as Barry Allen, Mm -hmm. but for this particular role and playing two characters that were constantly on screen together, his acting was actually pretty admirable. Like those became very distinct characters. You almost didn't think about them as the same actor after a little bit. I mean, that was my take on him in that role. What, I mean, what did you think?
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree. Uh, I think they did a great job in the, in the role. And I, I liked them as Barry Allen a lot more this go round. And it was, uh, it was a good, it was compelling. And and I I actually, and although the movie tanked, I, 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 I still, I liked it. I, I think it's, I, I don't think it was a Mm -hmm. great movie, um, I I think it was really cool to see Michael Keaton as Batman, but uh, I don't think it's I don't think it's 66% Rotten Tomatoes bad.
1: No, I actually think I think I'm with you. I don't think it, w- it was like an incredible movie. Although I think it was a very good movie, and I do think it's one of the best DC movies we've had in a while. I mean, I genuinely okay. do. I, the story was a very interesting story. Um, we're going to get to the, uh, this in a minute, but I felt like the way that they handled the, uh, the timeline question in this was really more complex than you usually get with uh, time travel movies. Um, and so I, I really, the only thing that was off for me was um, I, I didn't love some of the, the uh, visual effects that they brought in. Uh, yeah. Some of them got really kind of cheesy and a little bit weird. Um, Are you thinking recreate... about
0: like in the chronosphere kind of thing?
1: A, a little bit, but also even in the last fight, there was uh, yeah. there was just some moments where something happened and you're like, oh, that was not great visual effects. Like you could have done a lot better. Made me think, did they get under pressure? Were they running out of time? Were they running out of money? What was it that happened? But that's honestly, that's about the worst thing I can say about the movie is that I really thought the visual effects sometimes were incredible. And other times, they're kind of like mm, half done, and not, it didn't feel like it was really complete. I don't know. Yeah,
0: yeah. I I I liked it. I, I and I know one of the rules of uh re, of kind of reviewing movies is to critique the movie you saw and not the one you wish you saw. Right. <laughs> However, <laughs> sure. uh, the, the movie I I wish I had seen um, yeah. is. Uh, I wish I had seen some more of what the Tim Burton Batman universe looked like. Um, I mean, I guess we don't.
1: And maybe this is something we'll get back to. Because we didn't ever see the Tim Burton universe. We saw the Tim Burton Batman, we didn't see the Tim Burton universe.
0: So do you think, so do you think this, uh, the universe that, uh, that we're in, uh, where Michael Keaton is Batman, do you think that that is the Tim Burton, is that the Tim Burton Batman, or is that just Michael Keaton playing another version of Batman somewhere in the
1: multiverse? Okay. So let's scratch off one of my make me look stupid questions. <laughs> we'll just go ahead and go there. <laughs> yes. Well done. Well done. Well, that only took you, you 11 minutes to get to hey, Well done. Yes! Well done. <laughs> so look. Uh, No, I think it's a very different Batman. Uh, Hmm. This Batman, I mean, think about the state we find him in. He's sort of like this dude-like character with a robe and flip-flops, and he's isolated, and no one's at his house anymore. Um, And two kind of geeky things. One's not a real deep geek. One's not a real deep geek, but... When you were when in the outdoors in that universe, it was a kind of a plain looking outdoors. It did not look like the universe that Tim Burton created uh, for that Batman. It was a very different setting. So you had that. And two, while he had the armor room, which is where my favorite uh, um, um, Michael Keaton Batman line comes from, the armor room, when he looks at one and he says, he looks like the king of the weaker people. <laughs> uh, I just love that line. I'll never forget that line. But the armor room in the original, the Tim Burton, was in an in a, a somewhere in the middle of the building where there are no windows. Yeah. Yeah. And the one we go into this time, while he still has it, and some of the same armor seems similar, it's lined with with windows on the outside. So I think there were subtle hints that were put in intentionally to tell us while this is a version of. Michael Keaton's Batman. It's not the Batman we saw in the early.
0: Well, how about this, Mark? So, so the house is interesting, right? Cause the house is different. The locate, the filming location is different. Uh, but they have uh, got the
1: gargoyles that they come into. And so right, it's similar, so I, but not the same.
0: But how about this? So I, I think in the first Batman, uh, Batman 1989 and Batman returns, there are two different houses as yeah. well. Uh, Does that mean they're in different universes? Is that how the multiverse works? Is that what Flash is telling us? I guess we could retro... Were all of those original Burton Schumacher films, were they all in different universes somewhere in the multiverse?
1: I I guess we could retrocon it and say that's what's going on. But I don't think that's what's going on. I just think that they had a new artistic design. And back back in the 80s, a little bit of a change. The, The fan base wasn't so... Like set on whoa, you've already established what this is and you can't change it. The, fan, the folks, were more likely to go, oh, "Okay, we'll 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 deal with that. It's all right." And so, uh, mm, I don't think it was, but I like the thought. I like the thought. It's, it's it's playful and creative. And who knows? Maybe that's part of what this movie was about: it's helping to retrocon all the weird changes that we saw throughout Batman. So, uh, but speaking of Mike Keaton, it was obviously yep. not really a yep. cameo but it was great to have somebody back that we didn't really have. Right. But there were a ton of cameos,
0: mm-hmm.
1: ton. I'm curious, what was your favorite cameo?
0: Um, even, okay, even if I, it was only brief. Oh, um, I think I've got to go with the, the Nick Cage as Superman <laughs> cameo. That was so, uh, uh you know, because I, and it was funny that, you know, I, I think a lot of people, I guess, didn't know that he was, uh, that Tim oh, Burton was. For was a while going there to, was, yeah. That, yeah, he was going to direct the Superman with Nick Cage <laughs> and, and
1: the, and the deal it.
0: was, right? That yeah, that Warner Brothers had this ridiculous requirement about the the spider that he was the
1: giant, on. and he couldn't have the regular Superman suit. It had to be a different <laughs> Superman suit for some reason. And there was th- there were three things. I don't remember what the third one was, uh, but yeah, he couldn't wear the regular Batman Superman suit, and he had to finish it by eating beating a giant spider, which was part of the director's thing. And the director, while well, that movie never got made, but they did cast him and do some testing yep. in the the new suit. The director, they went on to make Wild Wild West, in which, on the final scene, they fight a giant mechanical this a spider. Giant spider. This guy had some kind of hang-up with giant spiders. I don't understand what that was about, but that was kind of crazy. That kind was fun. I
0: don't, the theater applauded whenever it happened, whenever I
1: I always there. hated the idea of him as Superman, so... <laughs> I was like, was, crap, they're going to start this back up? We got to deal with people was, getting excited about that? It was hilarious that. for them. It was the... funny. He looked okay, ridiculous, your... which is... He did, part but that of, was part of It was uh, mine, my, mine would probably be pretty simple. It's one of two. It's either Adam West's Batman showing up very briefly, just because that was my childhood Batman, and it just I felt that yeah. kid in me get excited. But also, just the way that they brought in Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. Yeah. And uh, that, you know, well, we can't get in contact with her. And all of a sudden she shows up to say today and she uses the lasso of truth. And there's this fun, funny, goofy dialogue around it. And then she's yeah. gone again. I thought that was pretty perfectly handled. And and it, I really liked it. It made me laugh a little bit. And, and, and yeah. I was happy about it. I'll say I just, I, I really did like it
0: yeah Um, yeah yeah. but
1: how did what did you think about this is what i was saying we'd probably come back to about the dc universe's handling of how time and timelines work and how changing things work because i just first of all i want to hear what your thoughts are on that
0: well um let me say first of all again that i i thought this was I agree. This was a better movie than than DC's hat put out in a while. Uh, right. I I do think though that the Arrowverse handled the Flashpoint narrative and the whole better. concept of the multiverse better than the movie did. Once again, uh, that I I I liked it better. I felt like we got a fuller exploration of the multiverse, and uh and I I kind of liked the Flashpoint story. Uh, that that being said, uh. Y- I I think it was kind of a confusing handling of the way timeline works. Although Mm. hearing Michael Keaton explain it while cooking a bowl of (laughs) pasta in his dude-like persona is
1: pretty terrific. Absolutely unbelievable how important spaghetti became in this movie. (laughs) Like, it was was important... from the very beginning his dad talking about when your mom makes spaghetti and the smell of onions and garlic and tomatoes in the air. Like it's unreal that you can make a movie, a superhero movie about time travel where maybe the most important concept is spaghetti. <laughs> and tomatoes, and the tomatoes, like moving love the tomatoes. Them,
0: uh, I loved him talking about it. And then the, uh, the, the berry, uh, that universe berry saying, and what's the Parmesan cheese for? And the prime Barry saying it's it's just a garnish. The metaphor's, <laughs> over. <laughs> <The> metaphors over. Metaphors <laughs> over. It's great. So I thought I thought the thought of like uh, how they're justify how they're gonna justify you know different ages of Batmans and stuff. I right. think it's gonna be interesting to hear. I I I, I don't know. I think it was between. Wait, I kind of I kind of loved. That, I kind of like
1: loved. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I think it was important. Like they brought in uh, Back to the Future. I think the point of them having this reference, this constant reference to uh, Back to the Future was important because Back to the Future had a very typical understanding, kind of a causality understanding of traveling in time. Yeah. Then These things happen uh, when when you travel in time, you can affect the future of your own timeline, and, but the person traveling won't be directly impacted outside of there being a new timeline, but they won't remember any of the stuff that led up to that timeline. So you get that, but I love the fact that they said Eric Stoltz was Marty because Eric Stoltz was, as we talked about in our, in our back to the future yeah. podcast, uh, that Eric Stoltz was originally cast as that. And for me, it was sort of the tip of the hat saying, Hey, look, it's, things aren't the way that movie said it's different now. And I felt like they did a great job of bringing in so many different types of time travel and It was complex, which made it very hard to follow. And I still don't know that I get it completely, but they had causality. They had branching reality. They had retro causality. They had time loop. Like there was so much of it and it was, it was technically explained and it made a very complex understanding of time travel, which I felt like was kind of necessary. And I get why they would put it in there. Um, Maybe it could have had a little better understanding and explanation than Spaghetti, uh, but I love that they played with it. I think it was really good writing. I'll just leave it at that. I think it was really good writing. You you've sold me on it. I I've just fallen <laughs> deeply in love with this movie. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> but anyway, we could go on and geek out and more and more, but we don't really have time for that. So, let's take a quick break. and We'll come back on the other side for our Theopolitico segment. <laughs>
0: Welcome back to the Moonshine Jesus Show. We are entering in our segment where we talk about the theology and politics of our show. Today, we are talking about The Flash. Before we completely transition, I've got to say one, one thing that I would have loved to see, though, yeah, Mark, yeah. is I would have loved to have seen Billy D. Williams as uh, Two-Face as he was
1: going to be in, in the in the. show I would have uh, loved university. that as well. Two-Face is one of my favorite villains, so I, I would have really appreciated. And Billy Dee, I love anything he does. So, yeah, I, I would have liked to have seen that, too. And Marlon Wands as Robin.
0: I, <laughs> I wish we could have gotten to see those two yeah, people just fair. just ever so briefly. Absolutely but. Fair. But as I said, I, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the movie. And there was a lot of Theo Politico stuff in it yeah. as well. And you mentioned just a couple of minutes ago, I think one of the highlights of the movie, which was at the beginning, as uh, Flash and Batman are fighting to uh to kind of save gotham city and not this hospital and all wonder woman comes in and ultimately saves the day and has a lasso of truth moment yep. uh where she wraps the lasso of truth around batman and he starts giving out some very truthful statements like if i really wanted to solve crime i'd solve poverty and give all my money away <laughs> um and that made me wonder mark um One, what's the most effective way to solve uh, poverty? Is it billionaires, um, crime fighting, uh, (laughs) or is there something else that's involved? And this is a two-part question. Um, So I want to know the most effective way to solve poverty or how billionaires can be involved in solving (laughs) poverty. And two, I want to know if this is kind of a a geeky relation to that. Would Gotham City be better off without Batman? Ah, interesting.
1: Interesting. Uh, So solving poverty, obviously a very complex issue. The first thing you have to have is people with power actually being willing to solve poverty. And that's a big part Mm -hmm. of the issue is that they're not, they benefit from a hierarchy. They benefit from having a large lower class and they actually set up rules and laws to try to continue to push that Mm -hmm. on people, whether it's, uh, Anti-abortion, anti-contraception, uh, um, no labor, you know, no unions. There's so many pieces that go on, and, and just the way we structure our, our economy intentionally pushes people down and makes it very difficult to move up. So we need some the willpower to do it, but then it takes a complete restructuring. We have to completely restructure how we do our economy, and not just our economy, but how we handle our citizenship in terms of the, what we provide for our citizens. The fact that we are such a rich nation and we're one of the few developed countries that doesn't have some kind of a universal care that does push people into poverty over and over again. We don't have to have that. Harvard just came out with a study saying that if we had Medicare for all, it would save us something like $72 billion and more than, I don't remember the number now, 70,000 lives a year or something like Wow! Big numbers. Just that was a. Qu- I, I'm probably off on the numbers, but it's something like that. So yeah, yeah. Um, billionaires aren't going to solve the problem. They are part of the problem. What? There are those what? who are trying and are saying, like, I want you to do stuff to make it better. Would Gotham be better without Batman? Are you kidding me, man? Are you <laughs> kidding? Me? The world needs Batman. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm actually kidding. Uh, no, it wouldn't be better off, but there are probably better options. I'll just put it like that. Vigilante <laughs> taking justice into his own hands, depending on the version of the Batman that we're talking about, sometimes he's just yeah. like trapping people and uh, 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 holding them until the police can get there and then lets justice happen. Yeah. Other times we have Batman that are taking justice into his own hands and that's not particularly helpful in my mind. So it depends on what yeah. Batman you're talking about. But it's better than what their other alternatives are right now, but there certainly would be better solutions. I'm very curious to hear your take on both of those questions.
0: Yeah, so I think it's unethical to have billionaires in the world or to even have, uh, you know, people with uh, with hundreds of millions of dollars where we've got people who are starving around the world. I think that that's uh, completely unethical. And so thinking about that this week in particular, uh, after we've seen this whole thing with the with the sub, yep. you know, the submarine and the entire world mobilizing in large part because we had very wealthy people trapped. And,
1: and I mean, a few and, of and, wealthy people.
0: Yeah, and, and very sad, right? It's a very oh, sad situation. It's horrific.
1: Situation. Yeah.
0: It's horrific. Um, but I, I was listening to a, a story on NPR uh, about the the Pakistani billionaire and his son. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the week before, there had been like 120 people, refugees, on one boat. It had capsized and they all died. Yeah. And uh, very and they, little coverage or very
1: little. Very world, little coverage.
0: The world little, didn't mobilize. Like
1: the world didn't mobilize that way. Yeah. Exactly. That's right. No, there was no mobilization. Seemed... But it was very local and not
0: not what that many lives deserves. Right. That's right. And so the, they had said, "Well, was there any coverage in the Pakistani press about the relation between these two, the differences in response?" Yeah. And they said, "Well, no, not really. They don't see them as connected." But, mm. and that's the problem. Right. Uh, we we You're see right. we don't see extreme wealth as being connected with why there are people suffering in other parts of of the world and so I think that I think uh, you know billionaires are a part of the problem and so in terms of would Gotham City be better off without Batman as much as Batman's my favorite superhero man right. uh, I love Batman but I I think I think Bruce Wayne is uh, right if he really wanted to solve uh crime he would be investing more in the city uh, and really- I think there's a, a whole, Portion of the comics that talks about Bruce Wayne's philanthropy, right? But that's, uh, I think, in a lot of ways, a wrong-minded way to think about. It. That's the way a lot of billionaires think about it. Right? They they give away a small, little, tiny portion as a tax write-off to some uh, to some nonprofit organization yep. and do nothing to actually affect systemic
1: no, change. Absolutely. And and part of it of giving the money away is just uh, for uh, optics. Like it'll yes. keep people from thinking I'm the, the person that's taking advantage of the system like I'm taking advantage of the system. As long as I'm doing something that looks like I'm being philanthropic in some degree, then it'll hold off any negative press and that kind of stuff, which is you know, just sickening, really.
0: Yes, yeah. I want to pivot just a little bit because um, I, I have other things I w- would like to talk about, about sure. crime and poverty and all that, but I've got another question. Uh, and this comes from, Uh, from Ben Affleck's Batman. It's a quote from his. And I I just think it's interesting to say that Ben Affleck's Batman and Michael Keaton's Batman seem to have very different opinions about uh, time travel and (laughs) the merits of that. Um, But Ben Affleck's Batman says, these scars make us who we are. We're not meant to go back and fix them. Um, You can't let your tragedy define you. And so it made me wonder, Mark, is the point of this movie that we shouldn't spend our time fixating on the past and thinking about changing it? Is is that the point of the movie or is there another point? And if if that's the point of the movie, is that right or wrong? Well, that's well, thanks for the very complex question there. I, You're welcome. Of, first, I, I learned that from you. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm going to ask that's you fair. a
1: three-part question. That's very fair. That's very fair. <laughs> um, So I'm going to start with, as soon as he said that line, I cringed. Uh, It it was such a cringy, like, um, we should appreciate the hurts in our lives because they make us who we are. Well, you know, uh, bullshit. Uh, Like, every moment makes us who we are. It's not the bad ones. And we should work to get as few bad moments in everyone's life. The bad moments don't make them better people coming out of it. The bad moments stuck. They're not good. They're horrific. We should always work towards eliminating that in anybody's life. Um, If you're lucky, you figure out how to weave something good after it. And it might be in relationship to that moment, but that bad moment. But you do the same thing with good moments. You weave something good out of it in relationship to what you learned in that moment. So it doesn't make the bad ones in particularly much better than any of the others. Um, I'm not sure if that was, if the point was... We shouldn't fixate on our past, although I do think uh, not fixating on it is a good thing, but never ignoring it. Um, uh, It's very difficult to be healthy moving forward when you ignore the difficult parts of your life because they do inform you in a different way than the positive moments in your life does. And it takes some processing uh, to come out of it without it hurting us as much as it could hurt us. So. I'm not sure if that was the message. I hope that it wasn't because I don't really think that that's true ultimately, but I, I'm very curious about your take.
0: I think it was part of the message mm-hmm. of the movie is that, uh, is that if you fixate on stuff that you can't control, that ultimately it kind of can undo your life in the way that it ultimately does kind of does for uh, barry and everyone around him sure uh, he kind of undo unravels everything um I, but i agree with you i think it's important to acknowledge that the things that have gone not to gloss over them not to ignore no. them um uh, not not even to to forget them but uh, but not to fixate on. I, I think there is wisdom in not fixating on stuff that yeah. is ultimately out of our control and has already happened. Um, but uh, I agree. Batflex line was a little crin- cringe. I did not uh, like it.
1: But, but <laughs> yeah, I, I do like the message of not fixating on the past because. Yeah. PTSD is essentially that is where you get stuck in the moment and you can't figure out how to get out of it and you constantly relive it and there's therapy that helps you start figuring out how to uh, move past and beyond it, but it does seem to suggest that those moments that scar us make us better. (laughs) And that's just the (laughs) biggest crock of crap. I hate I hate that way of seeing things. It's so false. It's it's somehow weirdly romantic, but it's like, oh, the bad things can make us better. The good things can make you better. so no. That's right. Life experience can make you better if you choose to figure out how to live out of it. I like that. We we're gonna meme that
0: for for Mark (laughs) Sandlin. Your theology is a crock of crap
1: uh oh, yeah. so so no one will be crack surprised crack. that i said that either
0: <laughs> no one no they won't man i got a million questions i want to talk about this more but we are uh running uh, running down on our time here and we got to get to our last segment the make me look stupid segment we can't miss that no no we've only stolen one of your questions so i bet you got uh, got a ton more <laughs> so let's take a break let's grab another question, drink. frankly oh Oh. Wow, okay <laughs> I, I can't wait to hear your other. <laughs> okay, let's take a drink and come back. <laughs>
1: And welcome back to the Moonshine Jesus Show. Uh, You're joining us for, I mean, all the segments are good segments. We like them all. But maybe, maybe this is our favorite segment because we get to be a little goofy, a little playful, and hopefully make our co-host look stupid. So uh, like I said, you stole my best question. Uh, And the other two questions, I could go either way. But because of our opening with the colors of our drinks, uh, I'm going to ask this question: Why do the berries have different lightning colors?
0: Yeah, uh, that's um, so. I think you know, in the comics, Reverse Flash has a, a different color than Flash, right? And he's and in the in the Flashpoint narrative in the in the comics, uh, it is you know reverse flash that goes back and kills
1: uh Barry's mom it's I, just I interesting think that... really. can we stop right there before you continue though it's yeah. interesting that in this movie we never really get to hear any theory about who killed Barry's mom right. other than a wild theory that it was just some random robbers in this really upclass neighborhood who comes in we we don't get any of that
0: i think we're going i think we're going to find that explored somehow, if they hang on to Ezra, oh, Miller. we're if not gonna hang... get
1: another Ezra Miller movie.
0: <laughs> you don't think he, he seems to be, uh, he seems to be, they seem to have held on to him in the flash. They could have reshot the last scene and had a different barrier or something yeah, to reset I guess the, it's uh, possible,
1: the But from some of the comments I've seen from the yeah. higher ups in DC, I feel like we've seen the end of Ezra Miller. And, and they're Well, that's a probably a safer place. bet. Yeah,
0: that's probably a we're, safer we're,
1: bet. Honestly, if it if the movie had done really well financially, I think they would have tried to figure out how to do Ezra. The fact that it tanked, I, I think that's all they needed to say, we're not going to deal with right. what that could be. So. Uh, I don't know. So your yeah. answer is. Oh, so yeah. So
0: my answer is I think that the this this universe Barry is playing the role of the reverse Flash, and I mean we get to see him kind of transformed into that through the time loop. Uh, thing, yeah, but he, he becomes. He kind of with...
1: What is it? Dark Flash is really what he becomes. The. Uh... Yeah. It,
0: and they, and they kind of, and they put kind of professor zoom kind of in, yeah, there's it. it's, a little all, it's of kind that. of a conglomeration of yeah. all the, of all those flashes. Yeah, so he exactly. kind of is playing that role. Um, as far as what technically would cause, co- I, I think, uh, like the reason why really is because he's playing that and it's an homage to the, yeah. the difference in lightning in the, in the comics, as far as the technicality of why it's different. I. I'm not sure we. we I I think. you
1: have a theory? Yeah, I do. In in the earlier movies, Barry had the blue lightning, which is what we saw from the younger Barry. Right? It was a blue. It was. I
0: yeah yeah yeah. And the older Barry had yellowish light.
1: Yeah, that had changed. I really think it's this simple, and they kind of explained it, and they kind of did in the movie, like the the older berry originally was the same color as what we get from the younger berry here but he has a new suit that that helps uh let go of the energy oh, so it doesn't build energy. up yeah and so i think this is just the energy at a higher rate so it becomes a brighter more brilliant color i think that that's I the end like that. universe expl- explanation of it i yeah. think the real explanation of it is we got two berries and when they're running really fast and we can't see which is which we need something that differentiates <laughs> It's them. hard to keep track of them. I really think that that's like visually, that's what the real reason was. Uh, and they explained it away by saying, Oh, the new suit like helps them let go of the energy. And so it's going to cast off a different color. That, that's you my know, best guess. Uh, Who knows?
0: I like that. And the suit was cool. It, I, it was. I think my favorite moment in the movie, Mark, though, was whenever. That Primeberry loses his power, and he starts
1: doing that <laughs> funky run. <laughs> right. He does that weird run. Yeah, My favorite it really one was slow. close it's to slow. that. It was when he had lost his powers, and he tries to, uh, what do they call it when he vibrates through a wall? Um,
0: phase, phase.
1: Phase through. And he tried to phase yeah. through the wall, and he goes, bam! And he looks, and he's like, hmm. And he tries to get <laughs> <a gethan. laughs> That was fantastic. That was absolutely fantastic.
0: <laughs> okay okay man I, I love that good question i've uh i got a lot of questions uh that i want to ask you but i think where i'm gonna land since we haven't talked about this yet is um at the uh the other elephant in the room that the, they did a pretty good job of keeping secret was that at the end the batman we get is not uh is not ben affleck and it is not michael keaton and right. not robert pattinson <laughs> it is instead um George Clooney yeah Uh, So, which was a kind of a fun surprise I think uh even though and I think it's especially fun since uh his movie was notoriously absolutely terrible and uh (laughs) taken responsibility for that and even you know said that he would reimburse fans for uh, their movie tickets for seeing Batman and Robin which famously killed that version of Batman so here's my question Mark, with all yeah. that said, yeah. um, is George Clooney our new Batman you know, in the DCU and James Gunn's DCU? You, you or- know what's so funny?
1: That yeah. was my other question. <laughs> it really was. Oh, I love it. If I don't ask this It sooner. was my other question. You, If I let you go first, <laughs> yeah. you would have forced me to ask the question that I did ask you. Oh, this is a whole timeline thing. This is getting really interesting. Uh, yeah. But yeah, if you had if I'd let you go on first, which I frequently do, you would have uh-huh. asked me that question and it's it, like would stopped, it would have forced me to ask the question that I asked you. I, I kind of love how this is working out for this movie about time travel. Uh so here's my thing.
0: Yeah.
1: If the money the movie would have made money, yeah. I think Clooney almost had to be at least in the first next flash movie. Um yeah the fact that it hasn't didn't means that Ezra is probably not going to be the the new flash. They're probably going to do some kind of a time shift with all the multi universes and make it, let, let it be someone else. And so he's not the, I I don't think Clooney at this point, particularly is going to be the new Batman. Um, He wasn't in the original screener that was played very early this year at a comic con for a very small group of people. That scene never showed who Batman was. It was a shot of the person getting out of the car. You only saw their feet, their shoes, and their pants. And then you hear Barry go, who the fuck is that? And that was it. You never saw the person. So I don't think they ever meant to reveal it. I think more than likely, uh, Clooney had uh, scheduling problems with with doing anything to be in the movie. And then as they were wrapping it, he was available and they just thought this would be a fun, cool fan kind of thing to do. Uh, So no, I I don't think he's going to be for most couple of reasons. Um, I I, I think we know at this point that uh, Barry Allen is not back in his normal universe. So I think no matter what happens to go into the new DC universe, we're going to see Barry Allen having to get back to his original timeline or a, an alternative timeline where he's a different person what 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 did you think this is our new batman because i mean there's there is the argument of we got to get away from uh uh i can't think of his name the the last guy that played batman uh ben f Huck? No, no 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 in the last batman Christian Bale? Christian Bell. Oh, yeah. No, not Christian Bell. Um, Robert Bale Pattinson. Cool. Man, too so many Batman. Too so many Batman? Batman. Look at all Who the
0: Batman? Batman.
1: I think they, they, there is going to be a move to get away from this younger kind of understanding. And so it, there is an argument to be made. You bring Clooney back, although he was so bad at it. Why would you bring him back? Um, and he's good in many things, but uh, there is an argument to say, maybe you want to cast an older Batman and not a younger Batman to kind of separate it from the last Batman that people knew.
0: Yeah. And I think they're going to, I, so I I do think it's going to be an older Batman because he's announced it's a brave and the bold and we're going to see mm-hmm. uh, uh, da- Damian Wayne as, as not Robin. Damon. Yeah. Wayne's or Marlon, Wayans, but right. Damian Wayne right. as, uh, as, as Robin. Yeah. So I, I, I read an article that said, you know, that, uh, he was horrible as Batman, and it almost crashed his career. And mm. he's been having a little bit of a rough spot in his career. And in some ways, wouldn't it be interesting to see his career revived by coming as a very different kind of yeah. Batman? Yeah. I'm not. I, I'm not I mean, sure. I don't think he's. probably If anybody gonna, can help him, I don't think
1: revive it be James Gunn. So it's possible, but yeah. I'm just not buying it, man. I'm just not
0: yeah yeah well i can't wait to see whatever we see i'm excited about this next right. phase of the dcu i am uh, too what is it but, God but listen Monsters.
1: we need to let folks yeah. know about a couple of things that are coming up i know uh, including yes. our next show but before we get to that folks we are going to be at the wild goose we're still waiting to Woo! find out what day we will be and what time we'll be scheduled we'll let you know as soon as we hear about that you can though we encourage you to go and get tickets to this Use uh, the discount code of Moonshine. You'll get $50 off of the overall price of the ticket. Um, And you can come and attend the show with us. And and Caleb, I mean, we're going to have a good time, right?
0: Oh, it's going to be fantastic. It's so much fun to do it like this. But when actual, like, real live people are around, that's fun. And it's cool to, like, be in the same place as you, Mark, and be, like, actually drinking together. That's fun.
1: It adds to the energy. Uh, and there's yeah. going to be audience interaction in the show since we have live people who get feedback, we get questions, that kind of thing. And giveaways, we've got great giveaways. Oh, we do. We're going to have t-shirts. Uh, we're going to have
0: uh, cozy things for, for your beer cans. Right. We're going to have these great
1: moonshine Jesus show jugs, like actual that, jugs that and, you can drink out right. of. Actual jugs that look like a moonshine jug with our logo on it. Those are going to be first come first serve. So, and there's only about 20 of them. So we encourage you to make sure that you get there early to come and take advantage of that. We're going to have a blast. Uh, There'll be live music doing our, our theme song. I promise you, this is going to be, this is going to be event worth being at. We hope that you'll be there. We really do. And Hey, if you're there, we can all hang out after the show. It'd be That's much, a right. lot of fun. We can. A lot of yeah. fun. And should we tell them what we're gonna be talking I think about should. that day? I so mean, they we can it, we've we've told once, and I think we should yeah, let's let folks know. We what should we do it again. Watching?
0: Okay, because it comes out this week. It does. And so, so you so you all got will a couple have, weeks like, three weeks. Up. Yeah, right. So we're gonna be talking about. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. We thought that this is one of the big summer yep. e- uh, events. You know, this is one of the ones that hey, everybody kind of likes to talk about, Indiana Jones. And so I think that's going to be a lot of fun to to watch and talk about. So see Indiana
1: Jones and join us at the Wild Goose Festival. Absolutely. should be a lot of fun. And then for our next show, um, mm-hmm. we're mm-hmm. going to go back and revisit something that we did earlier this year. And I think, yeah. if I remember right, that we said we'll come back because we had a few guesses about what was going to go on and what's really happening and we said we'll come back when the season wraps up and this week it wraps up you want to tell folks what we're going to be watching
0: yeah so it's on apple tv plus and Mm -hmm. it is silo and this was one of the ones when uh, mark read the description i was like I don't know, Mark. Because it's like a, an apocalyptic world. We've got a group of people trapped underground in a silo. And I was like, ah, that doesn't sound real great. But you know what? It was. Uh, we talked. We watched like wow. three episodes, yeah. and they were actually. Really incredible. They were kind of they were thrilling, they were suspenseful, yeah. and it, it was kind of a fun world created. And I was actually really kind of blown away by this. So I'm I'm excited to
1: talk about it. I'm really excited about, about it? It. it. It was a surprise at how good it was. It shouldn't have been. Apple TV has really been putting out quality shows, but yeah. I have man, I've been waiting with anticipation every week for the new episode to come out. And so I'm going to be curious to see where they wrap up. There's some things that you just set up that are very interesting, but it's going to be fun to talk about. Cool, cool. I'm excited. All right, folks, that's everything we know for today. We're really thankful that you showed up either to watch us live or to play us back on your favorite podcast. Um, And thank you. You know, I say this every time. We don't get to do this show if you don't show up and enjoy it. And so I am so grateful. I know Caleb is too, for Mm -hmm. your presence here. And uh, that said, we will see you the next time on The Moonshine Jesus Show.